Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals His way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me, because I know you will come out stronger. Hey winner, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm so glad you're joining me today and today we're going to continue our chat about idols in our lives. On last week's Thursday Tidbits, I had my friend Michelle Landrum from Love 7 Grace on to share with us three tips on how to identify idols in your life and what to do once you've identified them. I decided to do a more personal episode today to share different idols that I've had throughout my life. But as I prepped for this episode, I've revealed how quickly or easily anything can become an idol in our life if we're not intentional and proactive with our focus. I'm hoping through my story, you'll be able to see any idols you may have in your own life and be able to begin the journey of releasing them. So before we dive in, we need to talk a little bit about what an idol is. When I think of an idol, I think of little golden statues that you pray to, or growing up, we used to say certain celebrities were our idols because we looked up to them. But that's not always what an idol looks like. It certainly can be a statue or a person, but many times they're more subtle than that. As I've been on the journey this past year to read the chronological Bible and dive deeper into the word and truly study it, the Bible has just come alive to me in new ways. I love how that happens when you're intentional about studying it and allowing God to direct you in your quiet time. I've read the Bible through quite a few times now, but it seems each time I grow just a little more and new things pop out that I didn't realize before. It's almost like I never actually read those parts. Has that ever happened to you as you're studying the word? This time, as I read the Ten Commandments, I was interested in the fact that the first three commandments had to do with not putting anything else in the place of God. When these commandments were written, Moses just recently saved the Israelites from slavery in Egypt a land of many gods and many idols. They worshiped many different gods. When the Israelites were told to worship only one God, the one true God, it was actually hard for them because they had become so accustomed to the Egyptian practices. That's probably why they struggled so much in the wilderness with trusting God and decided to build their own idols while Moses was away on the mountain. These were years of habits they had to break. They had to learn to worship the one true God. So the first three commandments are found in Exodus 23 through 7. And the first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. The second, you shall not make for yourself an idol. And the third, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. I'm sure you've heard those before. The Ten Commandments are really prevalent. They're easily found, easily talked about. But isn't it interesting? that the three, the first three of these Ten Commandments have to do with seeking God first as the one true God. Almost 30% is focused on God. Today, our idols don't usually come in the form of little structures. They come in the form of money or fame or work or pleasure. 
All of these things can become gods in our lives if we're not careful. When we concentrate too heavily on them for our own personal identity or for meaning or for security, they can quickly escalate to idols. So what exactly is an idol? An idol is anything that takes the place of God in our life. If we let something consume or control us and take the place of God's role in our life, it can escalate and soon take control of our thoughts and energies. That's when we know we have an idol on our hands. Have you made yourself too busy to spend time with God? Busy can become an idol. Have you spent many nights awake thinking about money, either the lack of it or the need for more? Money can become an idol. Have you found yourself mindlessly scrolling your phone for hours in the day, checking status updates, browsing memes, dwelling on the news? Social media can become an idol. Have you immersed yourself into your kids' activities and put them first in everything you do, bringing them from here to there, vicariously living through them? Kids can become an idol. Have you focused so much on food and dieting that you can't bring yourself to eat an ounce of sugar? Food or dieting can become an idol. If something takes the place of God, it is an idol. God is our number one and everything else trickles down from there. Without proper alignment, we can find ourselves trapped in the control of earthly things. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break into steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Idols in our lives are like storing up treasures on earth. They make us focus on earthly things rather than on God and his plans for our lives. We want to store up treasures in heaven, not on earth. So what have I idolized throughout the years? Every season brings different challenges. And as I look back, I see a pattern of different idols, but usually for a similar cause. Usually it's because I'm trying to take control of my own life and not trusting God to do what he says he's going to do. Isn't it ironic that my word for this year is trust? So here we go. I want to dive into my story and share with you some of the different areas that have consumed me at different times and took my focus off God and his provision. The first one is appearance. How I look to everyone else physically and successfully has been an idol in my life in the past. In high school, I idolized fitting in, but what I got was a lukewarm lifestyle. I was torn between my love of Jesus and my longing to be someone I wasn't, just to be liked. I made poor decisions based on the status I wanted to hold. And what did I lose in the midst of that? I lost out on truly being a light for others because I was hypocritical in all my ways. I appeared the way I would look good for whatever group I was with, whether it was my church friends at youth group or my partying friends on the weekend. I had to learn that it doesn't matter what others think. It only matters what God says about me and that I'm working to please him and him alone. Caring about appearance is what got the Pharisees in trouble. They prayed in the streets for all to hear. They followed obscure rules to be better than thou. They looked as if they held a higher standard than anybody else. But really, they were just hypocrites looking for attention and praise. The Pharisees appeared religious on the outside, but their hearts revealed selfish motives. They put what others thought about them over having a true, authentic relationship with God. Appearance can become an idol. The second idol I've held in my life is exercise and eating. In college, I used exercising and eating as a form of control, but didn't realize it actually became an idol in my life. 
My days were consumed by how much I ate and how much I exercised. If I didn't exercise enough, I didn't eat enough. If I ate what I deemed too much, I exercised more to make up for it. The problem is that I thought I was in full control of my exercise and eating habits, but looking back, I see how they actually controlled me, my thoughts, and my energies. They consumed my daily and even hourly thoughts. I based much of what I did on these two things, and that is an idol. Addictions begin as small idols in our lives and escalate when we don't realize this concept early on or see the power they actually have over us. Addictions come when we believe we have full control of ourselves and what we consume, but slowly, over time, the control flips and we now are subject to that addiction. I had to learn that skinny didn't mean healthy and I couldn't control my emotions or deep, lonely feelings through my exercise and eating habits. The pain wouldn't be relieved through these addictions. I learned that I am made in God's image and who I am through him is what matters most. My identity comes from him and not through how much I run, lift, or eat. This was an important one for me to learn. This was a huge idol in my life. Another one I had was marriage. I had to learn that my happiness comes through God alone, not my husband. He couldn't fulfill my every needs. No matter how much he loves me, no matter how much he serves me, he cannot fulfill all my needs. And the same goes with me. I can't fulfill all his needs. Josh and I talked in depth about this concept in our 15 years of marriage chat, and I'll link that for you in the show notes. But there were times when I put him on a pedestal and thought he would be my saving grace. I idolized marriage and I thought he could meet my every need, but boy, (laughs) was I wrong. I was wrong. I had to learn that my fulfillment comes from God, not from any earthly relationship. No one person can meet your needs or bring you happiness. We are all fallen and selfish in nature. We are not perfect and we never will be. That's actually probably good news. We know that we can't strive for perfection, right? My joy and my needs are filled through spending time with God and allowing him to be number one in my life before my husband. When we are aligned in that way, and both Josh and I have God as number one, then our marriage is richer and more nourishing. Relationships can become idols in our lives if we're not careful, if we depend on them, if we depend on them to answer all our questions and solve all our problems. Don't let relationships become an idol. Another one I had was business. I got caught up in what a business can do for my life. The personal development and leadership training I gained while I was a part of this particular networking business grew me more than any formal education ever could, and I'm forever thankful for that season. But I put all my focus and time into it and didn't have a good balance of work and life. We were told at the time, all in is the only way to build the business. Don't miss any meetings, go to all the conferences, be everywhere that there's an event. And I felt guilty if I missed something. We toted our kids from here to there. We left them with babysitters or family way more than we would have liked. And we even missed out on creating special memories with them because we were so focused on building this business. We idolized what the business could do for us, the money we could make. And we even put the leaders on a pedestal. Even when I was feeling called to step away, I didn't want to quit because I thought I'd be less of a person. It's hard to let go when you've invested 14 years into something. I was also afraid of what people would think when I was so sold out for this company and then I decided to quit. I was afraid to lose relationships within the company because I was no longer there. And I did lose most of them. But I had to learn that when God says to let go, I need to obey. Some things are here for a season to teach us, but not all of them last a lifetime. 
I'm grateful for this season because I learned much about success principles and my faith and grew as a leader. Do I think I outstayed what time I was supposed to spend there? Yeah, I do. But God is gracious and my obedience to walk away in time has led to a peace I've never felt before. I had to learn that some dreams don't actually last. Honestly, I don't even think this was an actual dream of mine. But you know what? God's ways are so much better than ours. And there are times when quitting on a dream doesn't mean you're quitting. It means you're being obedient to what God is calling you to. And in that season, I focused so much on the business that it consumed my thoughts. It consumed my mind. And that's an idol. Our work, business, or career can become an idol if we put all our focus and energy into it. All right, here's a big one. I'm going to get some of you with this one, but social media. You know I've talked about this before, but I think this is a big one for many people. And if it's an idol in your life, you may not even realize it. When it was for me, I was waking up to it, going to sleep with it, feeling FOMO if I didn't get on, you know, the fear of missing out. (laughs) I was getting upset at things people posted. I was consumed by the updates, online news, and all the things. When something consumes your mind, it is likely an idol. Rather than waking up to pray, I wanted to know what I missed on Facebook while I slept. When I had downtime, I chose to get online, unplug from the real world, but it took away any white space I had in my schedule. I had to learn that there's a time and place for everything, but social media was taking the place of real life living. It was becoming an idol in my life. So I got offline. I don't have apps on my phone and I'm not really all that into it anymore. I go on, post, check a couple things, and I get off. I've taken week-long or even longer detoxes, and it's helped me check myself to ensure I'm not letting it back in the way I once had. I don't want to go back there. I want to live real life. I don't want to get so consumed by how many people like my statuses and um, how many comments I had or whatnot and having to feel acceptance through that. If that happens to you, it could likely be an idol. Here's another huge one, busyness. I idolized being busy. Now, I would have never told you that that was something I idolized, but guess what? It consumed me. I was bad at saying no when a new role or opportunity came because I thought I'd be good at it. And I like my hand in the pot all the time. And instead of allowing God to be our provider, I'd take matters into my own hands and add a new job whenever I felt the strain of money, which actually was most of the time. The other catch to this one And how it ended up really becoming an idol in my life is that I liked it when others would tell me that they could never do what I do. I liked it when they told me I was like superwoman because I had it all together. I felt like it was a badge of honor to be busy. At one point, I was directing our homeschool community. I was in a support role for 11 other communities and 25 directors. I was homeschooling my boys. I was run coaching, leading fitness classes. I was president of the booster club for the boys' gymnastics. I was coaching gymnastics. Oh, and I still had goals with my marathon training. I was working to get my blog up and running, and I was finishing my first book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, call me busy or crazy. <laughs> Probably both. I had to learn that being busy is a distraction from God's plans for me. Every time I took on a new role, it took away time from the mission God really had for me. And guess how I learned this important lesson? by breaking my ankle and not being able to do pretty much any of it for quite some time. I had to reevaluate what I was doing and why I was doing it. God did a work in me in that season to tell me this was not what he had for me. And along with the busyness comes the idol of self-sacrifice. This one I'd say is hard to tell that it's an idol, but it really can be. 
It's almost a self-sabotage. I idolized how much I had to give up or sacrifice in seasons of my life while I made myself overly busy. I dwelled on what I had to sacrifice for my kids so they could do their activities, how much I had to sacrifice to get all these jobs in so we can make the money to make ends meet. And here's how you know it's become an idol in your life. You make it known to everyone how much you're sacrificing. Again, it's almost a badge of honor how much you're doing or how much you're sacrificing. It's a badge of honor how much time you can't give to yourself. In my season of busy, this was just as much of a battle as the actual busyness was. And it was a pride issue because I made it clear to everyone that I worked way too much, sacrificed way too much, but I wasn't willing to ask for help. I had to be able to do it all myself. And I definitely didn't ask God for help in that time. I wanted to be the superhero, right? When we try to take the place of God when it comes to provision in our lives, we know we've erected an idol. All right, here's another one, money. I know we've heard that one many times, right? I didn't think this was me, but I have to admit, I've had this as an idol in my life. And I still sometimes struggle with focusing too much on money. I focused heavily on making money with the business I talked about before, and I struggle with it when we lack it. How we know money is an idol in our lives is if we think about it all the time, whether it's lusting after more or worrying about a lack of it. I learned that I needed to trust God as my sole provider. He has promised us that he will give us what we need. He doesn't say he's going to give us everything we want, and we may never be wealthy in terms of how much money we have. But God says if he's willing to clothe the lilies of the field, how much more will he take care of us? Do you trust him with this promise or do you not? Money is just dirty green paper. Don't let the lack of it or the plethora of it take you off your focus of God. Now, they say the love of money. You know, there's a verse, the verse that says the love of money is the root of all evil. And yes, it's the love of mighty money. It's the idol, idolicizing, idolizing of the money. Money itself is not bad. Money is just dirty green paper. We already said that. But the love of money becomes an idol. Don't let it consume your thoughts and don't get too busy going from opportunity to opportunity, trying to climb the ladder of success and forget to balance your life and family. Determine what is most important in your life and don't let the promise of money sway you from being present and from your purpose. All right, and here's a bonus one from this past year. I idolized conspiracy theories and the theorists who passed them on. It took me through a huge deep rabbit hole and consumed my mind. Not that I don't believe that some of them could be true, but I was focusing so much more on that than on God's sovereignty. I'll probably need to do an episode sometime just on this piece. When we care more about what man says than what God's plans are, that's when we know we need to climb out of the rabbit hole. So I don't know if you were like that at all this year, if you got into any rabbit holes or into any conspiracy theories, but one of the enemy's greatest weapons is confusion and distraction. We need to focus our attention on God's sovereignty, not on what man says. So there you have it. A long list of idols that I've had throughout my life that I've had to learn to shed. I still battle some of these now and again, but once you recognize your tendencies, it's easier to combat them. Today's episode was meant to show you that the struggle is real And it's real for everyone and that we need to keep our antennas up for idols that may be present themselves in our own lives. These things, appearance, exercise and food control, marriage, business, social media, busy, self-sacrifice, money, 
may not be idols in your life, and they can even be a good thing in seasons or in moderation. However, if you allow them to take your brain space and distract you from more important things or from your mission, or more importantly, if you allow them to take the place of God, that's when you know you have an idol in your life that you need to deal with. Surrender it to God and remove the stumbling box in the way and move out of that place. Now on Thursday, for Thursday Tidbits, I'm going to share tips on how to hold loosely to the things of this world so they don't become idols in your life. And holding loosely is really to like relationships, to our marriages, to our kids. Being intentional is crucial to avoid this pitfall of holding them too tightly. I hope you'll join me as we learn practical steps to weed out these idols and step into the path God has for us. Don't allow these things to distract you from developing a true, genuine, vulnerable relationship with the God who loves you. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.